it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm Sri, the so-called Yankee CPG guy, focused on branding, retail media, and marketplaces. And my co-host is PVSP, also sometimes known as the LA Dodgers CPG guy, who this day is on a high, as the Dodgers are 15 and 4 as of today. And his domains of expertise revolve around digital shelf content, retail, customer data, insight, CRM, and loyalty. And I call him sometimes a UGC guy. Please join me in welcoming the guru of loyalty, also known as Mr. 007, the man with the radio voice and face, Mr. Bond. Uh, particularly the radio face, Sri. Let's emphasize that, shall we? It's great to be here with you as always, my friend. Thank you so much, Peter. And before we get to our guest and dive into the wonderful world that we had ahead for you today of audience personalization, I will remind our audience that all of our content, including the work we did on profitability, which was really generated because you asked us to, our Women's Leadership Series back in 20, late 20, fall 2020, where we were actually able to donate $8,000 to the Susan G. Komen cause, and our ongoing weekly show can easily be found just by visiting cpgguys.com. Our show's content is driven by you, so please give us your feedback on what you want to hear more from us about. There are two ways to do that. From time to time, we take polls on LinkedIn. Please do participate and shape our outcomes. And there's another easy way, and we like this way. All you have to do is go to ratethispodcast.com slash cpgguys, where you can actually leave us both a rating and a review on the Apple platform, and we appreciate the direction. Peter, what do we like for those ratings? Well, I mean, I'm a five-star kind of guy. I know you're a five-star kind of guy, Shrey, and we, but and, and our audience, honest feedback is what we want. And the partnership we're establishing with our guest today is also a five-star kind of partnership. Absolutely. So you, can, you can also join our growing LinkedIn family and stay in touch with all the activity we have going on, including all these wonderful episodes, guests, and the transformation of the CPG industry by simply going to linkedin.com slash company slash CPG podcast. Again, that's CPG podcast and simply hit the follow button. I think our audience knows, Peter, that in a post-pandemic world, Direct-to-consumer for brands is non-negotiable. We kind of say that almost every other episode. But the we are tattooed on us, don't you think, Shri? Like right on your on your arm, right on your arm? Somewhere here, it does say D2C. That's what D2. I'm going to get here when the guns get bigger. <laughs> and, and, you know, but the art of successful D2C is definitely personalization, no debate. Reaching the consumer with a message that puts them in a comfortable, recognizable situation and resonates with their everyday behavior, almost always results in a relationship for a brand and also drives the curiosity in a consumer to drive experiences. We have therefore partnered on a three-part series with the team at Aki Technologies who takes brands to new levels with digital advertising that matches the message to the actual moment, aka personalization every time. This is the first episode of the series discussing Aki, who they are, and the value proposition they offer. And I'd like to give a warm welcome to our guest on this first part of the series, Risa Crandall, Senior Vice President of CPZ Strategy and Sales. Risa, welcome. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm doing great. Every day is a new adventure, and I'm just happy to be here with you both. Awesome. 
Risa, before we get started on this podcast, could you please direct our multitasking audience where they can find out more about Aki and its value proposition? And if they want to find you, post this podcast, how they can do that easily? Yes. So we make it very easy. We have the shortest email option there. So for to reach me, it's rc at a.ki. To go to our website, it's a.ki. So we really intentionally want to make it easy for folks to find us. And then, of course, you can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can always look up Risa Crandall and be able to link in message with me and be happy to connect with you and discuss what's going on. And of course, folks, for all audience, you will find all of those links as well as where to find Risa on the liner notes of this podcast that you can find easily by scrolling down when you listen to this podcast on 20 plus platforms. Thank you so much, Risa. Peter and I are looking forward to talking to you today and learn more about all the experiences you are affording consumers in CPG today. And so let's jump right into it. First one, Risa, love to know a little bit about you, the person, and your role at Aki, and what are some of the priorities that you are addressing for Aki? Yeah, so a bit about me. So I've been in the ad tech space for over 12 years, and I'm really fascinated by emerging technologies, technologies that can connect with consumers, but also help brands. I'm very, I very much consider myself a marketer working in concert with our brands to really help them accelerate their growth, look for the problems that we could solve, look for the opportunities that are there. I've been here at a key now for about a year and a half. And I was very impressed with the technology that they bring and that we bring as far as really understanding the attention state of consumers. So it was very passionate about coming to a company where the technology is at the center of the wheel, but consumers are with us as well as our brand. So it's really a nice connected wheel that we are. What really has struck a chord, though, is how we built our company six years ago, which is about understanding that the white space that mobile could fill in understanding your attention state and your receptivity. And so our founders really listened to marketers share with them that there was something else there that mobile could achieve by understanding the moments the consumer's in and their motion. And so that's how we got started and then accelerate forward, taking those moments and powering personalization to drive that commerce forward. It's just fantastic to have a really point of differentiation, but that one that is marketing led. Wow. Moments and motion. I love that. Risa, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you've listened to our podcast in the past, you know that we really like to get under the hood and see how the engine runs. So with that in mind, why don't you walk our audience through the a key value proposition end to end? You got it. You got it. So it's pretty straightforward. So the the opposite the opportunity with a key and our value proposition is understanding the consumer's moments. And we have over 160 moments in our AI and algorithms. And those moments are determined by variables, everything from your purchase base, which has become exceptionally important over the last year and a half. Are you a loyal customer, a lapsed customer? Are you buying the competitive brand? What retailers do you shop at or not? How do you shop? E-commerce, in-store, both. By looking at those factors, as well as your weather, your location, and then bringing together the motion. But the personalization then takes another boost forward as far as what we actually say in the creative message 
that aligns to your moments. So sunny outside, it's going to rain later today, count down to the big game, whether whichever sports team we're supporting. So having the personalization right in the creative message, which the technology does, the lift. So it's not versions being done by a creative agency. It's the technology that pulls that through. And then the personalization, last piece, is what is the action item for that consumer? Are we adding to cart, adding to list, get to store, go to a brand experience like you were talking about earlier, Sri, you know, the experiences. So being able to unlock what the personalization call to action is performs better. So we bring that all together in an end-to-end solution that is very thoughtful, very strategic, but also very quick to market so we can sprint and get programs up and running where there is that need. You know, the word personalization is often a very misused word in the advertising industry. You know, have, coming from a marketing background, it's been around in the industry for 10 years, but I haven't found a lot of service providers actually delivering true personalization because content at scale becomes very manual, manualized if there's such a word to deliver personalization. I heard a very important word that you just said, which is you're using technology to drive that. So I'd love to get your definition if you were a consumer lens. What does this word mean to you as a consumer you can expect from Aki and its brand partners? And give us a few examples of personalization. Yeah, so personally, I agree with you. Personalization means different things to different folks. And it also, to a lot of folks, feels that it's hard work. It's costly. It's time that has to go in. And that is not the case necessarily. And so when we've encountered clients that have said just that to us or have said, I've invested in a partnership for a DCO platform, they recognize that they're getting not the scale part. They're getting something kind of at a base level. So what really we think about when it comes to personalization is what is the creative type, how we then personalize the message to all the variables that, and one of the most important variables is the purchase base, the audience segmentation. So calling out differently Teresa, for example, that hasn't bought vitamin water recently. So I'm a lap shopper differently than someone who's an active vitamin water shopper. And we want to encourage them to try perhaps a new flavor differently than those that have moved away from the brand and buying the competitive. How do we bring them back? That might be an offer. So being very smart about personalization so that it's it's about that communication, telling the story of the brand, because I so, so strongly believe that the funnel is completely one line. It is an opportunity to brand message and then drive an action forward. But it is about that automation that we bring. So when I think about, for example, PepsiCo, which is one of our clients that look to do personalization at scale. And so first we had to really determine what does that mean to them and what does it mean to us and make sure we were aligned and see if there was any space there. And personalization to them really, and us as well, was about understanding the audience segmentations and the cohorts of a brand to personalize to that based on those different cohorts, the locations that they're in, the visual setting that we're showing, the creative permutations based on whether it's rich media or video, and then calling out the features and the attributes of this brand. And for this example, it happened to be off the eaten path. So the different things that would call out to a working family differently than a retiree, different than a health conscious consumer. So having different messaging right within the creative and the call to action being open to If I'm going into a store, reminding me about the brand to pick up when I'm in store, 
differently than when I am in a lean back moment and adding to my cart. So the personalization components really were about understanding who the shopper is and can be, how to communicate that to that consumer in a very friendly, accessible, fast moving way. But our automation did all that lift. So we were able to kick off a campaign very quickly and also measure the success of what personalization can deliver. Wow. So I heard things like lapsed shoppers, engaged shoppers. You talked about segmentation. That screams to me behavioral data and the ability to actually target. That tells me that what you're doing is a little bit more of a science and a lot less of an art the way that it used to be. Is this true? Can you tell me what goes into making that personalization truly relevant to the person receiving the communication? Yes, it really is a science. You're exactly right, Peter. It is, we are moment marketing science. It is, it really is a science to understand the different variables and they come together, right? So the context and receptivity of, I should receive this ad and what I'm going to say into it, using Nielsen Catalina and IRI data to understand your audience segmentation, but also to understand how you shop. You go into Costco maybe once a month and we can see that. And we can see that dwell time. You are picking up at your Walmart store. We can see that dwell time. For example, I love this program. We did one for Coca-Cola where we messaged to consumers that were doing the drive-through at CVS to pick up their water when they're picking up their other CVS prescriptions. So we have that ability with our moments and our motion to know that is the right message for that consumer about to go through a drive-through and give them that reminder message to add that product into their cart. So it's true. It's not about creative. That's why I always like to differentiate from DCO because that's about creative. It's about the science that goes into what the creative will be and what it actually says and how frictionless we make that so the consumer takes action. How about that, Peter? Now we've moved to the scientific level of moments that matter equal to personalization. I heard you say three words early on the show. Personalization is difficult to do because it can be costly. Mm -hmm. It can be hard work because of the manual effort required. And it also takes time. So if I start thinking about some of the big value propositions Aki brings to the table or the biggest advantage for a brand to work with Aki, are you solving for all three of these expense, hard work, and time, and therefore you, a brand can just ramp up very quickly? Yes, yes. So ha- the fact that we are end-to-end solution and that we are a managed service solution provider means that we can move much more quickly and it can be much more scaled. So in the typical programmatic world, this cannot be done. There are too many permutations in one of in a key program. So we complement where programmatic is, and that all works fantastically. So being able to move quickly and get a campaign into market in three weeks, two weeks. We also have a creative studio in-house, and we, we definitely partner with the creative agencies and the brand agencies, but we very much are, are called to task to take the great creative that they do and personalize, because that is just not the technology and the sweet spot they have. And the fact that we don't charge for personalization. We just know personalization performs and we had a unique opportunity to do a test and control to see is the personalization, is this the juice worth the squeeze? And the squeeze is on us, but a client has to agree to the squeeze, right? And so we had this opportunity 
to look at a brand campaign. And we work across brand all the way through commerce. But again, I feel like that funnel is very much leveling out, which is, is music to my ears. But being able to test a campaign from a key with personalization and also non-personalization. And what we found and what Cantar found, Mobile Brown found, is that personalization delivered 2.6x the non-personalized. But again, what the client recognized in that example is you're taking the work, you're taking the creative time, you have the, the automation to get it done quickly, efficiently, and with that science. So we really have that opportunity to have our clients embrace personalization and understand that it's it's not something that they should slow down on. It's something that they really should put the gas pedal on. Here's my new tagline for key. <laughs> when you can reduce the costs, you can reduce the volume of work, and you can therefore shrink the time. The juice is always worth the squeeze with a key. That is correct. And then it's the performance. So all of that thoughtful science plus creativity that goes into what we do performs. We are a performance-based company. So we are always looking to ensure that we are optimizing to performance, but it's really about understanding what does this brand want to do? Like you were saying, Peter, as far as I want to get to that lap shopper. I've, I love when a client says to me, I'm losing, I'm leaking share to this brand. Can you help? That's music to our ears because yes, we can. So having those kind of really meaningful, helpful conversations with clients and agencies lets us then go back and give a recommendation that we know will perform. It's really fun. Leaky customers. Wow. That sounds like a conversation for Kimberly Clark or Procter and Gamble, but that's another story. So <laughs> in, a, in a prior question, Risa, you talked about a, a case study of consumers uh, languishing or, or waiting in line at a particular retail. Let's kind of get into that retail space. Have you built part, or is your solution agnostic to retail or have you built partnerships with retailers? Does it plug into retail media and direct to consumer on the brands? Like, how do you play into that space? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we are we are driving that performance when it comes to retail, both in-store and e-commerce. We work across all retailers. So if we are Amazon, Walmart, Target, Kroger, Grocery, yeah. Drug, Club, you name it. Um, we just, again, need, need to understand what is the opportunity or the challenge for that brand at that retailer or cross-retailer. We do a lot of national campaigns. And so then we need to really think about fair balance and how we are representing to the, con to the consumer, the retailer or retailers. So we think about all those things. We are not plugged into retail media from the CPG side. Um, here at Key, we did just launch uh, a solution with um, Family Dollar. But on the whole, what brands are looking to, to lean to is our expertise on driving that opportunity to brand outside of retail media, to complement their retail media, and bring the product right into cart. And the way that we do that is with the carting partners, Smart Commerce, Basketball, Micmac. And then we'll recommend the right carting partner based on that brand's needs. And then from the key ad, whether it's a rich media ad, a connected TV ad with a QR code since they're back, a video ad, one click into cart. And so that way, it rides nicely and next to the retail work that they're doing. It gives them an opportunity to tell that brand story, have the moments, have the creativity and this science. It also gives brands an opportunity to con conquest, which is very important for that leakage. So it's an opportunity to complement retail media 
through our carding partners and be able to understand each of those retailers, how they're all different. So when it's a national campaign, we have to understand all the retailers that are part of it. When it's a retail by retail campaign, we also have to understand that one size doesn't fit all. It's very different how we market for a consumer at Kroger than it is for a consumer at Walmart. Risa, we love those one clicks to cart. And congratulations, you became the first guest after 85 plus episodes on the CPG guys to use the word conquest. So Risa, we have a rule here on the CPG guys. If you use an industry word, you have to explain what that means. Obviously, it's a word I love and I encourage brands to do all the time because they are getting conquested. So please decompose it for our audience. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited that I get to be the first on the conquesting. So conquesting brands will come to us and say, I'm number two share of market for this brand at X retailers or retailer. And they want to pull up their share. And by conquesting, we have that data through Nielsen Catalina and IRI, as well as the click to cart conversions that we can see to be able to talk to that brand about the benefits of that brand different than the one that they might be buying. So we had an example where a Unilever client said, I'm number two to this much more small kind of upstart brand. And if I can conquest to consumers that are buying that small upstart brand and show them my product benefits and my reasons to believe about my brand, it's not about price. It's about really telling the story and then make it frictionless for them to add to cart or add to list. I have a really good chance of converting that consumer over. Retail media, because of the power that they have, they want to keep that pure. And that's totally understandable. And I respect that. But here, it's an they are being conquest. We're all being conquested all the time in another way. So we do it in a very thoughtful, respectful way so that brands can grow their share. How about that explanation? Of, that was one of the most eloquent ex explanations of conquesting I've heard. Here's my next question for you, right? We talked about your partnership with retailers, obviously, without which this journey is incomplete. You talked about brands. We talked about the consumer. What I'd love to learn from you is when a brand chooses to partner with a key and a relationship is created, what can they expect back from a key? Are there other services? Are you a full service agency? Are you the famous half service agency that does graphics and banners? How, do, how does this process of actually activating the partnership take place? Yeah, so we are full service at technology company. So we start with that need or that brand brief. And we ideate and make our recommendations from a strategy standpoint, from a data standpoint, and certainly from a moments and personalization standpoint. We do have a creative studio in-house. So there are some brands that say to us, here's my raw assets. Can you build it? Even video and audio voiceovers. We even do that. But there are obviously very good times when brands are saying, you know, I have an asset. I want you to personalize it. So that way they're the per Creative agency really has that ownership and we're just taking it up a big notch. What they then get is for us to launch the campaign, again, in a very quick period of time, with that thoughtfulness, we optimize to that call to action. And that call to action for us is performance of driving both awareness and driving sales, optimizing through the campaign. And then at the end, what they'll receive from us is an insights report, a very in-depth insight report, which will let them know how did their brand perform by personalization element, by all the features in the ad, by the creative type, by the time of day, by the moments, 
and by performance. And when we talk performance, we're not talking CTR. CTR is not a KPI for me. What? Break down what CTR is. Okay, sorry. Um, Click-through rate. So click-through rate doesn't mean we want click into cart, click to list, click buy in store. So to us, CTR, click-through rate is not a benchmark. This is about what is the real performance we're driving for the brand, not on what, not the performance of a key, what's the performance for the brand, right? So that's really where we're coming from. So we provide an insights report that will let the brand know all these different lines of data that will tell them a lot more about their consumer and what performed and what recommendations we have for how to improve because everybody can improve on any campaign. And so I just had a client ask me today, well, how many... Like how many cuts of data, Risa, would I get on a campaign of X size? And I said, somewhere between 50 and 75. That's very in-depth. Digital ad tech companies don't tend to to report on that. They tend to report on click-through rate. And that's just mind-blowing to me that that still continues to go on today. Um, So that is a differentiator for us. And then that gives us more strategic conversations with clients because we're really working on behalf of their brands to improve their opportunity because it's so much more insights driven. Risa, what a wonderful world of brand partners, retailers, and then uh, the juice being worth the squeeze across the board, technology in the mix. You are also officially the first one who's actually gone in the direction of saying click-through rate is irrelevant because that's my personal pet peeve, including conversations I had today with brand marketers and agencies. Because I believe CTR as its own is simply one metric and in the PPC model, the CVR matters as much as also the CPC. You may have amazing CTRs, you may mm-hmm. have amazing CVRs, but if you paid too much via the CPC, you already broke the model. So what good is that? So in, in that sort of an ecosystem, you know, I'd love to know from you, who are your brand partners? Can you name a few for us? And what does it take to create a partnership with you? Does it take weeks, months? And once that happens, can you activate in days and weeks after the brief? And what's the process? Yeah, so um, some of the brand partners that uh, we work with on a very consistent basis, and we start with a you know a test and earn, right? So we're going to prove ourselves out. I like test and earn versus test and learn because earn is what we're looking to do here. J and J, PepsiCo, Mars Wrigley, Clorox, Gallo, Diageo, GSK, Kind. So those are some of the clients that we work with on a very consistent basis. That we started with a program or two in that test and earn model, what's really key is to really have a a thoughtful conversation in the beginning, right? So just getting an email over the transom that says, this is what we're looking to do. We want to have a conversation. We want to really go into understanding where is this brand? Where is the brand health? Where do we look to bring that performance? And we really want to guide our clients to best success, especially in this commerce world. So, you know, especially over the last 15, 18 months, there was this hunger for information of how do I sell my product? either direct to consumer or on Amazon or via Instacart or GoPop. And we have leadership there. So it's very it's very meaningful to have these conversations with the kind of companies that I mentioned to really help to guide them to the best success because that is how we're going to grow. How we get started, though, is having that brief and having that conversation about what they look to achieve and having them be aware of the different capabilities to do that each time around. Even our clients that are proven partners look for new things or different technologies like the mobile wallet or a chat bot. So there's different connected TV with the QR code. So we want to always advise them what technologies we should test into a program. As far as timing goes, from once we get a brief, we start working right away on our side. We'll have that discussion call first. 
And then once we get alignment on the program that we've hit on everything that they're looking to achieve and hopefully surprised and delight them with some other suggestion in their program based on the experience that we have in our technology, then we will launch our campaigns. We can launch in quickly as one week. We generally like to say two to three weeks just to have approval time. And then we get to market. We always want to ask clients direct to if we are including our agency partners, let's get them on the phone and make sure everybody has heard, everybody shares what, what they're thinking. But very quick to market. So what I appreciate about being here at a key and working with brands is you can be strategic and nimble and entrepreneurial at the same time. And then once the results come in, you can have that great. I've never had such fantastic insights and rap calls in my entire career because we have so much more that we're sharing forward. So it really is a partnership. It's not, here's your rap report over an email and let's hope we talk again. It's quite the contrary. So let's talk about it, dig in, and then think about how we can all expand from there. Insights, ad tech, personalization, juice being worth the squeeze, moments that matter for the consumer. Wow. Put all that in the box. What do you get, Peter? The value proposition of a key. How about that, huh? For all Pretty- audience, I want to remind you that you can find all our content at cpgguys.com. When you have a second, do hop over to LinkedIn, look for the CPG guys in the search bar and do follow us because guess what, folks? All our episodes are actually free. How about that, Peter? Risa, I can't thank you enough for appearing on this podcast. For our audience, could you tell them one more time if they want to find you and if they want to find a key, what's the best way for them to do that? Yep. I would say the best way is to send me an email, rc at a.ki or come through LinkedIn, Risa Crandall. Once you find me there, we'll set up some time and we'll talk and we'll see how we can align together and really bring it to life. And what I like to do too, when we have that first discussion is just show a lot of great visuals because the visual really helps bring all the words together as far as here's the user flow. This is what the consumer is going to see for your brand and how they're going to be encouraged and perform from a commerce perspective. So it's really fun. So I hope that folks will reach out and ask questions. There's never a question that we don't appreciate because we can also learn from our brand partners every day. And we just appreciate having those really thoughtful discussions so we can build brands and continue this marketing journey that we're on. And of course, folks, you can find Risa's contact information as well as more about Aki on the podcast liner notes of this podcast, just as you can week over week with every guest we have. To my friend and co-host, a pleasure week over week doing this with you, sir. What do you think about all that we just discussed today? Sri, you know I'm all about personalization. So this is like I'm a kid in a candy store with this. I'm just, and we're just getting started, right? This is part one of a three-part series. We, I can't wait to talk about how a key is doing this and have some really great detailed client examples on where this journey is going. This is so exciting. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Risa, for joining us. Thank you both for having me. And thank you for this healthy discussion. I'm glad I hit a first there with conquesting. That that always makes me. I always want to be one of those lead dogs. Nobody has gone down the path of discussing CTR with me before. And here (laughs) we are. So So I got conquesting and CTR. Woohoo! It's a double-double today on the CPG guys. And folks, a reminder... Tune in next week for the next episode of the CPG Guys, where you can find everything e-commerce, in-store, and everything in between right here on cpgguys.com and this podcast. See you next week.
content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.